What's up, guys? It's Agent26 of Agent26Beats.com, and welcome back to the Turning Artists into Entrepreneurs podcast. Uh, I know, right? This is, you didn't expect to hear from me today. Um, <laughs> I've been having this planned all 2020 to come back and uh, make the podcast regularly again. Uh, I've done. If you follow me on any social media platforms, which I highly encourage you to, I did a full rebrand. So I'm going to get into that uh, here in a bit, but. Yeah, I completely changed up a lot of things, so I was kind of waiting to get back to the podcast after, and um, now I'm really excited with the path things have taken and where we are. So uh, today's episode is just going to be talking about starting over again, uh, since I guess in a way this is kind of what I'm doing, and it's going to be about um, just rebranding and understanding where you are with your music career. So the real reason for the rebrand was I saw the path that I was going on and I just didn't like it. And there isn't necessarily something that I was doing that was wrong. I just kind of saw the trajectory of of where I was and I kind of understood that this isn't where I want to be heading. Um, I was, you know, just like, you know, any bedroom producer uh, making beats, throwing them on YouTube and trying to find unique and creative ways to... um, you know, get some eyeballs on the video and then let alone try to sell them. And I think that when you're faced with kind of those, you know, crossroads of like, am I doing what I want to be doing? You know, it's important to ask yourself more than just, am I doing what I want to be doing? But also, you know, is this making me happy? Is this really where I want my creative, you know, career to be going? Because I think that to a certain degree, you know, it's, you know, easy to kind of fall into the trap of, you know, uh, trying to keep up with the Joneses and, and, and working to basically do what the other guys are doing. And if that's really not on your heart, then you're doing yourself a disservice. Like, there's a, there's a lane out there that a lot of producers have taken where they are, you know, um, on YouTube and they're teaching other producers how to do what they do and they're and they're you know trying to uh they post tutorials and and they do all these kinds of things and their whole objective is to teach you how to do this really really cool thing and it's very successful there's there's such a large number of people who want to do this that many people who can't do this have decided to just well i'm just going to teach it and while I've like, you know, I've, you know, you, you know, used YouTube University <laughs> to, you know, better myself and to learn tricks of the trade, I think you have to really, you know, look at what you're doing, you know what I mean? And, and, and see if that's really for you. And I, I personally don't think it's for everybody. Um, uh, I, I've talked to like publicists before and they'll say like, oh, you know, what you really should do is post your process and... Uh, you should do, you know, um, these like how-to videos and behind the scenes. And it's funny because they'll, t- they'll they'll ask you to do things that people who are in the positions that you want to be in didn't do. And that's the irony of it. Um, it it's like, you know, I'm a huge fan of David Guetta. And like, he didn't post how-tos of making his productions on YouTube. It wasn't like that. He trusted the process. 
you know, I'm deeply inspired by, you know, um, DJ Khaled and, you know, again, another guy who basically he just made slaps. Like he wasn't trying to, you know, how to tune your 808s. The next video is going to be live. The eight things to do with your melodies or how to hook up your MIDI keyboard. And again, there's a lane for that. And I think that that lane should be respected. And I by no means mean any like disrespect or, um, I'm not trying to like, you know, to diss that. What I am saying is that that's not for everyone. And I think what you see from a lot of the YouTube producers that do really, really well um, selling beats is that they also do this. And the ones that don't, and they kind of just can just post beats up there, these are guys who've kind of been in the game for a long time. And while the quality doesn't, you know, essentially rise to the top, obviously, if you're making really good, you know, hot stuff then you're going to be ahead of the game. But I just think that it creates such a, so many new issues that you have to worry about. And also too, um, there, you don't get to, you don't get to escape the money thing. I, I remember having a conversation with a very successful online producer who sells sound kits and who sells, um, you know, his own productions, of course. And, you know, he broke down to me kind of like how much money he has to put in advertising. And it's like a normal business, you know, because it is. You know, this guy, uh, I think he said he made, you know, $4,000 in beat sales. And of course you hear that and you're like, dude, like teach me, right? And, you know, of course, you know, he showed me some many, some little things that could, you know, up my game. But, then I realized, like, oh, wait, how, how much did you spend in advertising? And he was like, oh, yeah, I spent, like, you know, like 1200 I said, huh? Could you could you say that louder for the people in the back? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I spent $1,200. I'm like, dude, okay, first of all, go to hell. Okay, I'm not spending. I don't have $1,200 to spend on ads. And I was like, what kind of ads were these? And he was just like, ah, just, you know, Facebook, Instagram. And I'm like, okay. Okay, look, I... Yes, that can be beneficial, but it, uh, again, if you have that, okay, let's back up. Even if you have that money, still knowing how to run the ad is so important. Um, you still have to understand copy and strategy and targeting before you can even just throw a bunch of money at a place. And if you're not good at these things, uh, it's a whole separate skill. And I just felt like, to me, and I... I, I I'm a big researcher, so I kept digging and I kept digging and I, I, I realized a lot of people are doing this. It wasn't just him. And then like I started seeing all these big producers who were like making tons of money were spending hella money in ads and they were doing A-B testing and uh, running through this, running through that. And I was just like, dude, this is a lot. Um, and, and none of it has to do with being better at making music. And so... I think this is why you see so many people who are, you know, struggling. Um, Because they're essentially beat makers instead of producers. And, you know, you don't learn the skills necessary to produce an artist. And it's funny to me, like when I I started in, in doing this, like, I was really excited to, like, you know, produce an EP for somebody. And, like, I really wanted to be a guy that, 
like got in the studio and was like, all right, now say it like this, don't do that or whatever. And like, I was really focused on getting it to that space. And I realized that, you know, I wasn't doing that by putting stuff out. And so I, you know, I got really competitive with like, just like my, my older work. And I'm just like, dude, I'm this is not sounding better because I'm trying to make stuff that I can potentially sell. I'm not making music that is really moving me and moving the needle creatively. So, you know, I kind of, I was like, no, I want to do this like, you know, the the artists that I idolize, which are the producers who kind of make their own stuff. You know, my um, my music catalog, you know, if I'm listening to like Apple Music or Spotify has always been, you know, you know, kind of, you know, covered with these artists that, you know, like, uh, like a Metro Boomin when he did their project with Big Sean and it's basically just all his production. Obviously, Metro doesn't rap, but it's big sean rapping on the stuff that he's kind of made and curated you know um or you know something like you know uh you know victory uh which is you know, Khaled's 2010 album where it's just like yeah of course you hear him screaming all over the track but you know you don't have to do that and you know he's doing his thing um you know just just you know creating the vibes and the energies creating the the, the painting and the structure and then the artists are kind of putting their colors and what it's going to look like. And that stuff to me makes just such amazing music because, you know, it's it's not being done in the sense of like, I'm not trying to sell you. It's like now, yeah, because now I'm pitching ideas. So like, you know, like for instance, I, if you haven't been following, like I uh, recently released, um, I did a beat tape for February, but then in January, um, you know, um, I didn't put anything out just for the new year. And then in December, I put out a song called Anything um, featuring uh, Hyde and Al Green. And then the month before that, I put out uh, a record called Closer featuring uh, Hyde and A-Rush. And as soon as I put out Closer, I just immediately like felt the, the, the energy that I had been looking forward to where I had a track that I liked and I had a hook that I really wanted. And... I began, then I was just pitching it to artists and I was just like, hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking. This is, you know, the, the vibe of the song. This is kind of what I what I need for, for like a verse. And like, you start to produce, like, so they're like, all right, well, what if I say this? And I'm like, mm, not really that. Let's try to, to change the cadence here, speed this up. And like, I saw my confidence as a creative grew. And I spent way more time now making music and that same $1,200 that would have been used for, for an ad, if I had that $1,200, I can now advertise my own product. And to me, I don't, I don't really understand um, why there aren't more people doing it. Uh, I think, cause I think when producers get big, you know, that's the first thing they want to do is like, you know, they want to kind of put out their own, their own music and like, um, you see, you see a lot of, you know, a lot of people, you know, get huge, huge, you get like pub deals and stuff. And then they'll go try to, um, you know, I always take like 10 grand and pay for a verse from an artist who's big and put him with, you know, it's the same thing that labels do when they want to make an artist high. You know, if you're looking at a, an artist like Bad Baby, she's not going to win on a cypher against anyone, you know. Uh, I'm not saying that she sucks or whatever, because I know some people like maybe fans, but I am saying that like, she's an acquired taste. 
but to get her hot, they played music that's current. So it's a lot of trap music, trap drums, crazy beats. And then they would just pay artists that were also signed under that same management to come in and do features because those artists had, had you know, audiences. And so they, th- those people who have audiences would, would, would listen, you know, and it would be, you know, kind of like middling or just bubbling guys, whether it was like you know, Rich the Kid or Famous Dex or Kyle. It'd be guys that you, if you knew hip hop, you knew them, but they weren't, you know, Kendrick Lamar's and stuff like that. It was just more, we're going to pay these guys who all have, you know, good followings and put them on these tracks. And then it made it by just by association, it made her seem more like a real artist and it helped her brand grow, you know? Um, and so it, it, it's, it's, it's a marketing deal. And, and I, and I think that, you know, that's just a, it's a longer way of saying, like, I would much rather be on the other side of this than than not. I'd much rather be on the other side of trying to create this stuff than than like kind of just slapping it on YouTube and like if an artist, let's say they all, somebody just doesn't find me because of the algorithms or I just can't get views, I have I have music just going to waste. And that kind of stuff doesn't really sit well with me. Um, especially like once people finally hear the stuff I make and then it's like, wow, this is actually pretty, pretty damn good. And I'm like, You'd be surprised a lot of us out here. I actually don't have that narcissistic answer, like, sleeping on me. I don't really say that. I'm more just so to say, like, hey, man, there's a lot of artists out there that are really good and make stuff that you'd like to put in your playlist. However, just by virtue of, like, not having the, 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 the marketing dollars to push themselves, they aren't there. So for me, you know, the rebrand was all about just taking back control and being the creative that I wanted to be and heading in the direction that I wanted to head in. So like every month I have new music coming out because there's no, no one can stop me from creating now. I'm not dependent upon, well, I hope someone sells this on YouTube and then I hope someone makes this and then I hope somebody lets me know that they made it. There's none of that. I still sell beats, but like now it's more like, I can't wait to show you what I have coming up next. Cause I feel like if you are a supporter of, of mine, then it's like, you know to expect great quality and um, quality is what you're going to get. So um, just wanted to explain kind of like why, why things have changed. If you've been watching, if you haven't, please head over to at 826 official on any platform, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, follow me there. And um, if you listen to a track, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. If not, I hope you do. Um, other than that, man, I'll try to come back you know, next week or the week after, just kind of see the pacing of this, see what's going to work. But I promise I will be back with another episode very, very soon. Um, Other than that, I hope you guys are having a good one and I will talk to you next time. Peace.